This is an IELTS Energy podcast episode 283, why this high-level writer still can't get a seven on IELTS. You are listening to the IELTS Energy podcast from All Ears English. We believe in connection, not perfection, and we're here to show you how to get the score that you need on your next IELTS exam. Find out why our strategies are the most powerful in the IELTS world and get your free video masterclass at allearsenglish.com forward slash I-N-S-I-D-E-R. Now, let's get to the show. On today's episode, find out what happens when you come from an academic English background and assume that you can take those skills and still get your seven or higher on writing. Hey, Jessica, what's shaking? Hey, Lindsay, I am just, I am just loving life. (laughs) I love the summer. I I love riding bikes and swimming and hiking and camping. So good. And now I think is the most optimistic time of year because our listeners know we do record this a bit in advance, right? So now we're in mid-May, actually, even though this is coming out in late July. (laughs) But I love this time of year because it's very optimistic because here in Boston, we're so we're in the doldrums all winter. It's so cold. And yesterday I was walking around Harvard Square with my my new camera and I was just like, everyone was in such a good mood. It was so cool. Graduations were happening and it was just a magical time. Yeah, it is. It is a really special time. It's like if summer could be like this, it would be perfect. But yeah. like what, what what ends up happening is like you start getting those summer vibes, those summer right. feelings. Like mm-hmm. oh, it's like nice weather. I'm going to be outside. But then when like the middle of summer actually comes, it's mm-hmm. too hot. Yep. And it's sticky and people can't cool off and everybody's mm-hmm. sweaty. And then you're just like, oh, I can't wait for summer to end. So really <laughs> spring, spring is the best summer. Spring Spring yeah. is like where it's at. I think late <laughs> spring is the cool. March, March, April are still kind of winter here, but May, oh. mid-May, late May is such a cool time of year on the East Coast here in Boston. Yeah. Oh. So lovely. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we, we have some cool stuff to talk about today and actually an idea for, um, some new episodes we're going to start doing. Yeah. This is going to be cool. We're going to, you know, we know that one of the things that you guys really want is personalized advice and we don't blame you. We understand like you want to totally. be supported everyone's situation is different. We're adults here. We have our own lives. And, you know, you want personalized advice. So one of the things we're going to start doing is in August, September, we're going to start offering kind of on the spot, what we call it consultations, Uh where we're going to actually, I think we're going to randomly choose a student in our course to come on the podcast and get personalized advice about their situation from Jessica. Yeah, so we do this for students in our course. Um, yeah. And it, like I was telling Lindsay before we started recording, every consultation is different. Every VIP session, VIP class with me is different because everyone has their own issues and their own mm-hmm. worries and anxieties about the exam. So in these consults, guys, we're going to talk about the very specific anxieties and um, what the student feels is their weakness yeah. on the exam. And I'm going to give them very detailed activities to do in their own time that are for free. I never recommend you buy anything extra like other books or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, These are all things that they can do in their own time for free. And it's it it often comes down to just like five minutes a night, do this, you know, twice a week, sit down for half an hour and do this. Yeah. Um, 
And they make very real strides. And the next time I uh, talk with a student, I can tell if they followed the advice or not. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it totally works. And I'm I'm stoked for that. Yeah. It's sort of like a, a new challenge for me as well. Like while we're recording on the spot, like yeah, this cool. is what the class sounds like, you know. So cool. We're also going to take into account, you know, your target score and your timeline because yeah. those are two very right. key things, right? We're all on different timelines, different target scores, different needs and goals. So that's coming up in the late summer and fall, guys. So look for that on IELTS Energy. It's going to be very cool. But for today, we have a little taste of it because one of our listeners wrote in. This is not a student mm-hmm. on our course. It's a listener. And we're going to offer a little mini, you know, on-the-spot consultation here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So this person said, during my preparation for the IELTS test, I really focused on the writing part. I studied the essay structures the examiner will be looking for in both task one and two. In general, I really think my writing skills will bring me a seven band writing score because I was used to writing research papers in English as an undergraduate student. Moreover, after taking my first IELTS test, I really thought I did a good job in the writing part. I was expecting a band score, which was higher than seven. Hence, I was so surprised when I found out I only got a 6.5. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, Yeah. Kind of familiar. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is obviously a higher level student, right? And Mm -hmm. this is the danger. This is the danger when you're coming in with an academic writing in English background, because (laughs) that's not an IELTS background. Sure, this person was used to writing research papers. That's great. Those are not IELTS essays, right? (laughs) And especially task one, dude, I promise you (laughs) that in your whole life, no matter who you are, you have never, ever written anything like an IELTS task, task one essay. Like, it's just, you'd you'd never do it. It's weird. It's weird and it's (laughs) odd and I don't like it, but you know what? I I have a system that works for it. So every, it doesn't matter what task one question IELTS throws you. Um, If you follow this super simple three-part strategy, you can give an organized answer that the examiner is looking for. So this person has a high level of English, yes, They do not know what the examiner wants. Mm. And I am certain this person scored highly in vocabulary, in grammar. Mm -hmm. Um, But even in writing task one, if the person didn't know what to do, what the examiner was looking for, maybe they didn't score highly in vocabulary because they weren't talking about the right thing, Mm. you know? And And, yeah. yeah. Um, And then, sorry, go go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) And then for cohesion and coherence, maybe they did have a very organized task two essay, but task one wasn't organized correctly because, again, like they weren't sure what they were supposed to do. And then where it really comes into play, not knowing what the examiner wants is in the task achievement task response. Mm. Um, if you are, you know, if you're overconfident and you don't have the IELTS strategies, but you think you're still going to be great – that's a big danger because you're you're just you're not going to be careful enough. Yeah, you know uh, you're going to end up going off topic, and yeah. that's what a, a student like this who should get a high score. That's what brings it down. Yeah, and a good example of that is right now we do actually have a native speaker in our course, right? Yeah. And he's a very smart native speaker because most people would say, "Oh, you're a native speaker. It's an English test. Why don't you just go in and pass the test?" Well, he knows. 
uh-huh. that this test is expensive and that he has a goal. Right. Um, and he knows that he doesn't know what the exam, he knows enough to know that he doesn't know what he doesn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Know enough that you don't know. But that's true though. Uh, I mean, a couple episodes ago, we talked about how overthinking is, um, an enemy. And here it's sort of like underthinking or under planning is the yeah. enemy. Mm-hmm. You have to have just the right amount of thought, I guess, is the <laughs> through the line here. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I could, you know, a, a story like this, I could look at these, you know, whatever, four or five sentence story and without even meeting the person, without even seeing any sample essays, I know exactly where they went wrong because I've seen it happen before. Every case like this, it's the same. It's these are the problems. So, guys, I mean, you you have to you have to commit to the idea that IELTS is different. Yeah, that's great that you have an academic writing background, and it will help you. Of course, of course, it's going to help you. But I mean, shoot, the IELTS Task Two essay—it's only four paragraphs. It's two hundred and fifty words. That is not like a research paper. You know what I mean? Like, it's not organized like a research paper. It mm-hmm. says very little in common with yeah. a research paper. If you have a life vision and that vision requires passing the IELTS exam, the only thing that you can do is to get into a system that actually works with a daily study plan that shows you exactly what to do every day. To get that, go to allearsenglish.com forward slash K E Y S. Yeah. And there's a real, another danger in thinking that you're just doing, you're working on your academic writing here. And that is in going, you might next go and hire an academic writing tutor, which would be a huge mistake because that tutor would give you bad advice. For example, we had a student in our course who consulted with another tutor and that I think that tutor came from Mm -hmm. a more academic writing background. And he told that student that he shouldn't use uh, fake research. Remember that, Jessica? Yes, that was right? just a couple. That was just like last week or the week before. Yeah, right. Because clearly, in academia, you can't. But this is not academia. Exactly. And I kept, and you know, we went back and forth a couple times, the student yeah, and I, about I this on, in the, the chat, the yeah, the 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 thread. That's the, the word thread, I'm yeah. looking for. Yeah, the forum. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and and I responded right away and said. Your tutor is not an IELTS examiner, nor does this person have a background in IELTS. That advice is completely wrong. And then uh, she still she still didn't believe me. I feel like, and she's still yeah. like, no, like I asked the tutor, and he said I couldn't do it. And I was oh like, ask God. the tutor where this affects the grade. Like, where yeah. specifically does fake re- research affect the grade? <laughs> no, where it helps right. you, it never hurts you. Yeah, and if you know. I just want to have um, links to all these student testimonials of students that have been through our course, got the sevens, got the eights, got the nines. And then for every student that comes to me to be like, well, I on this other website, they said this. That's not what you said. I don't even want to answer. I just want to yeah. like cut and paste these yeah. student testimonials and be like, well, it worked for this person. Yeah, yeah, like- <laughs> yeah. I think we're getting there. I think we're really yeah. racking up quite a few testimonials here. The evidence is building fast. I mean, yeah. and and we're still waiting to hear back from from that student about what that academic tutor was able to say. Like, how did the academic, where did the academic tutor point to in the descriptors? It doesn't exist. So again, that's on the same thread because working with an academic tutor is a danger in the same way as assuming that your academic experience is going to get you through the writing test. 
podcast. It's not going to. Exactly, guys. I mean, if a native speaker can rock up to the IELTS exam um, with, you know, like a bachelor's degree, maybe a master's degree, and mm-hmm. this person still doesn't get a nine, right? then what? how are you different than that, right? right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. guys, it's that happens every week. Every week that happens, okay? Uh, if if a native speaker doesn't prepare and doesn't know what the examiner is looking for, that person will not get a nine. I promise you. Promise mm, you. Yeah. So, you know, uh, same, same thing here. This person got a 6.5 even though – They've had, they have a bachelor's that they obviously took classes in English for. They've, their English level is high. Can't get higher than a 6.5. Yeah. I mean, it's confusing because a lot of people are taking the academic IELTS exam to go into academia. But again, don't make the mistake that that means we're using academic writing methods. It is, I could see how that would actually be a little confusing if you haven't done your research. Sure. It's misleading. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But the fact is, no, it's a, it's an incorrect assumption. And, you know, I've talked about the mistakes I used to make as a, a young IELTS teacher, yeah. a young IELTS lass. And <laughs> this is this is one of them. I came yeah. in from an academic writing standpoint, and I used to have whole lessons about um, <laughs> academic English. You know, you can't say I, you can't. And no. none of those rules apply to IELTS. In fact, they'll hurt you. That, that rule specifically, you have to say I in task two because the examiner specifically looks for you your position, your opinion. You have to be direct about how you feel about the topic and you have to say I. Um, And, (sighs) you know, I used to tell students not to do that because I didn't know. (laughs) And there's a lot of IELTS teachers out there in the same position. They don't know. Yeah. It just makes me scared and sad that, you know, this test costs $200. And if we're gambling with our time and money, hiring a tutor who, you know, we've talked about this a lot on this podcast, but a tutor who just doesn't understand the IELTS exam, we're gambling with our futures. And I think, Mm -hmm. I mean, our futures are too important. I hope you guys think that your future is is important enough to invest and to be smart about how you prepare. Exactly, guys. Exactly. So, (laughs) um, yeah, just there's, there's no getting away from it, guys. You have to, you have to know what the examiner is looking for. And you have to go in with confidence based on strategy, not just confidence based on random experience and resources. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's it. That's it. So we're going to have more of these kind of on the spot consultations coming up in the fall. We're looking forward to doing that. We'll talk about how we're going to do that soon. But for today, Jessica, thanks for hanging out. It's been fun. Yeah, this is, that's always fun. It's always fun recording. Podcasting is the funnest part of my week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, have a good day, Lindsay. All right. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the IELTS Energy Podcast from All Ears English. And if you want to get tips from Lindsay and Jessica every week on how to get a seven on your next IELTS exam, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your computer or on your smartphone. Thanks again and see you soon.